Well, we're going to have our Easter message, and Michael Hans is going to be sharing with us this morning. So let's give it up for Michael. Thank you, Danny. Well, hey, happy Easter, everyone. It's great to see you. And, you know, if you're visiting today, if uh, you're here with family or friends, I, I really... Uh, we want to especially welcome you and thank you for, uh, for spending Easter with us. I want to do uh, something just to kick it off to get a sense to sort of read the room. And we, uh, let me start here. He is risen. He is risen pretty good. Now, how about this one? O-H. What's going on there? Okay. Okay. So now I know which message I'm going to preach this morning. But no, seriously, you know, think about it. All, all around the world, all around planet Earth this weekend... Followers of Jesus, Christians, are gathering together to celebrate what we believe to be like the pivotal event in the history of planet Earth. And uh, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 17 says this. It says, and if Christ had, has not been raised, if Jesus you know, stayed in the grave, your faith is futile. Well, then your faith is meaningless. You're still in your sins. If Jesus was still dead, we wouldn't be here this morning. The church wouldn't exist. All his claims, all, uh, you know, all his promises would have been meaningless. They would, have, they would have just disappeared. The name of Jesus would have been added to the long list of Messiah wannabes if he'd stayed in the grave. But today we celebrate that he didn't stay in the grave and that he's alive. Listen to this quote. It says, The resurrection is an essential part of the gospel message and a key doctrine in the Christian faith. It proves that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that his atoning, rescuing work on the cross has been completed and is effective. The empty cross and the empty tomb are God's receipts telling us that the debt has been paid. Or another way to put it is, if he can pull this off, like I was dead but I came back to life, if he can pull this off, then he can pull it all off. And what I mean is when I say all is all his promises, all his claims that I'm the son of God, that I, you know, that my death on the cross means now you and me, we can all be forgiven for all our sins, past, present, future. You can be washed clean and have a clean conscience, right? Uh, The promise of his presence that God is always with us, that he, he wants to come live in our lives and, and, and change us and make us into men and women, make us into the people that he's always intended us to be, that he's invited us into a real friendship. Like you can actually know God this side of heaven. And one of my favorite promises that Jesus made is that one day we get to go to an amazing place called heaven and spend forever with him. This is just a warm-up. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, the angle I want to take today as we look uh, you know, at Easter and the resurrection is this. Easter is an annual reminder that we've all won the most amazing lottery, right? Easter is an annual reminder that we've all won the most amazing lottery by rising from the dead Proving that he really was the son of God, Jesus has confirmed that all his promises are true and now they're available to everyone. Now, do you know this? And I searched this on Google, so I know it's true. But uh, in the United States each year, and this is a conservative number, but in the United States each year, approximately 
$500 million worth of lottery winnings are never collected. And that's a conservative number. One of the, one of the, one of the uh, said 800 million, but $500 million of winning tickets. People bought these tickets. And I don't know if they lost them or, you know, or just forgot about them, but there's, you know, there's, there's you know, all these winnings just sitting there that have never been collected. Well, when it comes to the promises of God or, you know, God's lottery, the way we collect in this lottery, the way we collect is both incredibly simple and incredibly hard. The way we collect in God's lottery is by believing. It's, it's by believing that it's all true, that he is who he said he is, that he did what he said he, you know, he did, and that he'll do what he said he'll do. The way we collect is by believing. It's like, you know, you don't need no ticket. You just thank the Lord, right? You just get on board. You just, you just believe. That's how you get in on this. Now, I wonder this morning, how many people here have millions, millions of winnings sitting there that have never been collected? Right? Millions of winnings that are just waiting to be collected, that are just waiting to be believed in. So here's what I want to do this morning. I want to look at this whole thing of believing, and I want to look at it from uh, three different aspects. But before we jump into that, let me, let me pray for us, and then, and then I'll, I'll uh, get into those, those three points. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for uh, this morning, for a new day. And Lord, this is a special day where we celebrate you and just this amazing miracle, this amazing mystery of you coming back to life. Lord, and I pray today that your presence, we believe that you're alive and that you're here with us. I pray that your presence would be so real. As I'm speaking, Lord, I pray that you'll just come and walk among us. That you'll be personal with each one, with each one here today. We welcome you in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Amen. Okay. If you don't have a Bible, and if you want to follow along, I am going to be jumping around a bit, but we have Bibles at the front and also at the back. Feel free to grab one, but um, we're going to be jumping through the Gospels, looking at the resurrection story. And let me set up the passage here before we get into, uh, into Luke. But Jesus was crucified. They laid him in the tomb. And then early Sunday morning, uh, there are these women who are followers of Jesus. They're, you know, they've got their spices. They're going to go finish the embalming process. Friday, they did a real quick job, and they want to do it, wanted to do it right. And so these women are going to the tomb, and, and when they get there, uh, the stone that was in, you know, at, at, the, at the entrance to the tomb has been rolled away, and they're like, oh. And, they, and they, you know, they look inside the tomb, and what do they see? They see two angels sitting in the tomb. And here's what the angels say to them. This is Luke 24, verse 5. It says, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he is risen. Remember how he told you while, while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back, they, the women, came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven, the disciples, and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But now listen, listen to their response. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. 
bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Now, uh, I said we're going to look at three aspects. The first one we're going to look at is struggling to believe, right? Number one is struggling to believe, and isn't it encouraging? Because this whole believing thing is hard, and at least it's hard for me. And isn't it encouraging to look at this story and to look at the disciples of Jesus? I mean, these guys were with Jesus right, for three years. And, and isn't it encouraging to see that they struggled to believe? You know, verse 6, the angel says to the women, hey, remember, remember, he told you what he was going to do. He told you what was going to happen. In verse 7, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. It's like, it's like he handed them the last chapter of the book, and he told them, this is what's going to happen. They had the inside scoop, and it's like, and they still struggled to believe. It's interesting to me that the, uh, you know, the, the religious leaders... Really, the, the guys that, that you know, had Jesus arrested and, and, and really the, the group that had him killed on the cross, it's amazing to me that when you look at the story that it seems like they had more faith, that they believed more than Jesus' own disciples did. There's, you know, after Jesus was laid in the tomb, a bunch of these religious leaders went to Pilate and he was you know, the, uh, the governor of, of Judea there, a Roman governor, and, and this is what they said, this is out of Matthew 27, this is what they said to Pilate, sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver, talking about Jesus, said, after three days I will rise again, so give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day, otherwise his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead, this last deception will be worse than the first I mean, it's amazing to me that they seem to have more faith that Jesus could do what he said he will do. Well, why then, a good question would be, what was it that caused the disciples to struggle? Like, what was it? What was it that made it so hard for them? And I think, and this may be a simple answer, but I think this is accurate, it's because Jesus didn't act the way they thought he would act. Jesus didn't do what they thought he would do. And you know, uh, like I said earlier, not just once, but many times, Jesus said to his disciples, he gave them the, the game plan. It was literally like, read my lips. You know, I'm going to Jerusalem. They're going to beat me up. And I mean, he laid it out for them. But you know what my hunch is? And, and, uh, is that the disciples, in hearing all these, all these stories of Jesus, that, that they only heard what they wanted to hear. Right? They only heard what they wanted to hear. And here's what I mean. It's like they're listening to Jesus and, you know, spending all this time with him. And it's like they're going, so you're the king of all kings? You're the son of God and you've come down from heaven and you're going to set up your kingdom on earth? And, and you know, the, and that means to them you're going to boot these Roman bums out of our land and we're going to get our land back. And, you know, and we've seen how you act and we've seen your power. And so they, you know, it's like they had this plan of, you know, him coming. And it's like they're looking at him going, and we're your followers. Like we're, you know, we got the, uh, we're, we're in on the first floor with you, Jesus. And so that means, you know, as we break it all down, that we're all going to get corner offices with a great view of Jerusalem when you, you know, when your kingdom is set up here on earth. I know that may be unfair, and as I was writing my notes, I pictured myself getting to heaven one day, and all the disciples lined up to punch me in the face, you jerk, you know, lovingly, lovingly, you know, it's in heaven, right? But, but here's the thing, these guys, these disciples, they're just human. They're, they're, they're just like 
us. They're looking at Jesus. They're seeing his incredible power. There's nobody like him. There was nobody ever did what Jesus did, healing and all, right? All the authority that he had. And they're like, oh, man, I, I can see where this is going, right? They, I know where this, and, and suddenly, it's like, Jesus, what are you doing? You're, you're letting them arrest you. No, 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 that's not the plan. You're the power man. Come on, flex some of that muscle that you have. And now he's dead. And as far as they're concerned, well, this doesn't make any sense. It's all over for them. And they're struggling to believe. Well, we're no different, are we? It's hard to believe. And and again, one of the main reasons it's hard to believe when our circumstances don't line up with our expectations. I mean, there's so many promises in the Bible. Right? Like one of the verses we love to quote, all things work together for good. Right? We love to quote that part of of the verse. Right? But there's so many times when we look at the promises of God, and maybe when I read some of them off early in the introduction... Maybe even then, you know, you were attaching expectations to those promises. Well, all things work for good, so that means, Lord, you're going to do this at this time, and you're going to do it this way. Right? We have, we have expectations. And you know what's interesting, though? Again, God doesn't pull any punches with us. The Bible makes it super clear that in this life, this side of heaven, there's going to be lots of stuff come our way that does not make sense. It doesn't seem, it's not like he, you know, he, he uses a size uh, one font and just buries these, you know, buries these verses somewhere in Lamentations, you know, the book nobody reads, right? But it's like, but he makes it real clear. Lots of verses in the Bible talk about this. First Peter 4, uh, the apostle Peter, the disciple, we've already mentioned him, he's writing a letter to, some, to a group of believers like us, and he says, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad. For these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. Now, it says, be very glad when struggles come your way. Be very glad when these fiery trials and and these confusing hard times come your way. It's like, why should we be glad? Well, what does it say? It says, these, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering. And you know the picture I get? It's like the trials of life are meant to drive us closer to Jesus. Where it's like we're in the suffering business, but we're not in the suffering business alone. Our partner is Jesus. See, you know what I found? I'm going to be 50. 50, if you remember if you watched SNL. Okay, I, will, I won't do that again, I promise. That's probably embarrassing for you. And... I think I pulled some fat, but I'm going to be 50 later this year, and I know it's hard to believe, but I'm going to be 50, and here's the thing. I've been walking with Jesus since my late teens, and I wish there was another way, but the primary way that I've grown in my relationship with God, the primary way that I've come to know him more and more and more as a faithful friend is through struggles is through the hardship. It's through the times where I'm just like, I don't know what to do. This doesn't make sense. This wasn't in the plan. It's it's the struggle. And, And that leads us to our second point, which is help to believe. We need help 
to believe. And, and in the story of the resurrection, as we look at the disciples, they're, you know, they're struggling to believe. The women come back with the report, and they're like, oh, that's nonsense. And uh, in the story, there's one particular disciple who gets a lot of attention for his struggle to believe. And I found this out last night that this wasn't as popular as I thought, but if you grew up in the church, a church like I grew up in, you may have sung a little chorus that went like this, okay? You can join in if you know it. Why worry when you can pray? Trust Jesus, he'll be your stay. We used to do this. Don't be a doubting Thomas. Rest fully on his promise. Why worry, 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 worry when you can pray? Who sang that growing up? My word. <laughs> Wasn't it top, it was top of the Christian charts in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. We're Eskimos and hillbillies. That's what we are. <laughs> sort, of a, sort of a hybrid. Okay. Now come on back. We're, this is the message. But you know, in that little ditty, even as a kid, we were being, it's like we're throwing old Thomas under the bus. Don't be like Thomas. Don't you be a doubter. Don't you question, don't you struggle, right? I don't know about you, but as I get older, I love Thomas. I am thankful for Thomas, right? I can relate to Thomas. I mean, remember, like in the story, Jesus comes back, you know, he's resurrected from the grave, and he comes back and he visits the, he disappears, you know, I'm sure he freaks the disciples out, but Thomas wasn't there that night. And so then I would pick it up in John 20, Verse 24 says, now Thomas, also known as Didymus, which means twin, Thomas had a twin, one of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and I put my finger where the nails were, and I put my hands into his side, unless I can do all those things, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. And really what he said was, I do believe. I do believe, and you know, I'm sure many of us can relate to Thomas. It's hard to, to believe, and I'm so glad, and it's encouraging to me that Jesus didn't, you know, kick in the door that night when Thomas was there and go, where is he? Where's that doubting Thomas? We're going to write a song about you, boy. You know, it's like, you know, like what do I have to do, to, you know, to, to convince you, right? Like, why couldn't you be, if you're familiar with the story, why couldn't you be like John, Right, John just saw the empty tomb and it says he believed. All these other guys, all your brothers, they didn't have to touch me. They just saw me and they believed. Like, like aren't you glad that he didn't say that? Right? When I look at that story, I'm convinced that God is way more comfortable with our doubts and our questions than we are. Right? Let's be honest. You wouldn't be human if you didn't have doubts and questions and struggles about this whole thing of believing. I mean, think about it. Like, we're called to believe in something that happened 2,000 years ago, right? And it seems like God went out of his way to destroy the evidence. It, 
Doesn't it seem that way? If I was Jesus, you know, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have just appeared to some women and to my followers. I would have gone and woke Caiaphas up at night. Hey, buddy, look who's here. I would have gone to the temple. Look at me, I'm alive. But he didn't do that, did he? Right? We're called to believe in someone who's invisible. Like, like that's not an easy thing. Right? I think God is so much more comfortable with it and so much more aware of our struggle than we will, you know, be honest with him, that he's given us a whole book. The book of Psalms, it's a, it's a, it's a book in the middle of your Bible. The book of Psalms is filled with guys who struggle to believe. Listen to this verse, Psalm 42, 9 says, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Right? He's basically saying, where are you? Don't you see what's going on in my life? This doesn't add up. I mean, it should be different, shouldn't it? If you're here, so where, where are you, God? See, God is not surprised or put off by our struggle to believe. So how does he help Thomas with his struggle? Well, I believe that night that he showed up when Thomas was there, he was there just for Thomas. I believe how God helped, how Jesus helped Thomas was that he pursued him. He went to Thomas. He met Thomas right where he was. He brought Thomas to a place of believing. He helped him believe by, having, you know, by, help, by encountering Thomas, personal. You know, this personal one-on-one -on -one connection with Thomas. And, you know, in biblical times... Um, <clears throat> excuse me, in biblical times when you had a child and you were going to name your child, it was a big deal when you were going to pick out a name. It wasn't like nowadays, like, you know, who's a popular celebrity or, you know, what's, I don't know, you know, what rhymes with, it, it, like, when they, when they picked names for their children, it was a big deal because you knew the name that you gave this little boy or this little girl <clears throat> was a name that was meant to describe something about the character of this little one. So now think of baby Jesus being born. I mean, he had loads of names, right? We sing them at Christmas time, wonderful counselor, right? All these things. One of the ones that we sing is what? Emmanuel. And what does Emmanuel mean? God with us. Aren't you glad that Emmanuel doesn't mean God will be with us <clears throat> one day in heaven? It means he's with us right now, right here. And one of the primary ways that God helps us in our struggle to believe and how we help Thomas is by being personal with us. Is where you have an encounter with the living God. And you know, one of my responsibilities on staff, uh, besides washing Danny's car, is, uh, <laughs> I'll hear about that later. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, One of my responsibilities is I get to do follow-up with our visitors. So if you're visiting today and you take the time to fill out that Connect card, it's on, you know, on the far right of your bulletin, uh, you're going to get a letter from the church, and then whatever you know, contact info you leave, you'll either get a phone call or an email from me next week. And so I get to talk to lots of visitors, to lots of people who are new in the church. And, and here are some of the things that I hear pretty regularly. Uh, I talked to one person, and they said, you know what? It was the weirdest thing. As soon as I came through the doors into the church, I heard a voice say in my mind, welcome home. 
And it's like, when I hear that, I go, what my response is, that's God. That's God being personal with you. That's God helping you believe. Or I don't know how many times I've heard this, and I especially love it when I hear men say it. You know, I'm not a real emotional guy. But when we're singing those songs, and I thought it was too long, but when we were singing those songs, uh, all of a sudden I just felt this thing rising up from my feet, and all of a sudden all these emotions welled up, and I started to cry. And tears were just rolling down my cheeks. And it felt like someone came up behind me and just wrapped their arms around me, and I was just in this warm cocoon of love. And I'm like, that's God. That's God literally coming close to you and being personal with you. Or numerous times I've heard people say, wow, you know, the, who, you know the, they're up there, they're, whoever was preaching has given this sermon, and I'm sitting there, and it's like everything they said boosh, 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 was for me. And I'm like, that's God. That's God helping you believe. That's, that's God being personal with you. And I believe today... If it hasn't happened already, God is wanting to come close and be personal with many people here today. He wants to surprise you that he really is alive and that he really is here. And he wants to come, like he did with Thomas, he wants to come and he wants to meet you right where you are today with all your doubts and all your questions and all, I mean, whatever list you brought today. He wants to meet you right where you are and he wants to help you believe. Well, God, you know, comes close to Thomas, but he doesn't leave Thomas there, right? He, he challenges Thomas to stop doubting and, and to believe. And, he, and then he turns and, does, and says the same thing to us. I, uh, John 20, 29 says this. And the way I picture it is, you know, there's Jesus standing in the room, and there's Thomas on his knees, because you just know he's on his knees. My Lord and my God, he's looking at Jesus. I believe. And, <clears throat> and Jesus looks at him and he says, you know, because you have seen me, you, be, you have believed. And if it was a movie, then Jesus would turn and look right into the camera at us. And he would say, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. He's talking to us. That's, what he, that's who he was talking to in this verse. right? Blessed are you who have not seen and yet have believed. And that leads to our third point, which is learning to believe. Right? Uh, struggling to believe, help to believe, and then learning to believe. This whole thing of be- learning to believe is a life long process you don't just get it once it takes our whole lives to learn this you know when you look in the bible the way that the bible defines uh believe it it isn't just like a mental decision like okay that sounds logical i believe that jesus was the son of god click right i believe you know he made all these promises and claims click i believe well no that's not how the bible defines believe the bible defines believe by yes there's a there is a, a mental decision but it's a mental decision that's coupled with action, right? Because I believe in you, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, because I believe you're here, I talk to you. I expect you to, to interact with me and interact with my life. I, I, I turn to you when I'm confused. I, when I have a decision to make, I run to you and I ask your opinion because I believe in you. I read my Bible because I believe it's in my Bible that I've, I've, I learned about who you are. It's in my Bible that I learn about all these promises uh, that, that you have made. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's choosing, it's living our lives like, like this is all 
true. And, you know, maybe, maybe this will help. Uh, last week, and you may have noticed, I got a bit of color. I'm not translucent, but uh, uh, Helen and I were in Cancun uh, for a week, and we met up with some friends from Vancouver, and uh, we had a wonderful time, but, but I think it was the second day that we were there that we, you know, the, our, the concierge called us up and said, hey, there's a special breakfast, you know, at this resort, there's a special breakfast, and there's going to be a guy there, and he just wants to share some information on the resort. Well, you know where he's going with this, right? If you've ever done something like this. Uh, it's going to be a timeshare spiel, right? And so we get there, and there's this guy, and he was a really cool guy, and, and, uh, but he's laying out, you know, this, this, this package, right? About the resort and all this stuff all around the world. And, all, and, and, I'm, and to be totally honest, I'm sitting there going, this sounds awesome, right? And Helen's like, she's like got me on a leash because I'm like, we're signing up, Right? <laughs> But literally, so he gives this whole spiel, and then he stops, and he's really working it, right? And he goes, does this sound good to you? And I'm like, yeah, you know, yeah. He goes, is this something you'd want? Yeah, it is. Is this something you think you'd use? Well, of course, right? And then, but then here's where the hammer drops. So what's this, what does this cost? And then he tells us, and it's like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> nice knowing you. Grab a mint on the way out, you know, or get your three-piece luggage set. You know, the one that fits in your pocket, right? If you've ever done those. But let's just say, let's just say all that I've been saying this morning is true, that Jesus is alive, and that he really uh, is the Son of God, and that all, you know, all these things I've been saying, that because of Jesus all our sins can be forgiven. Because of Jesus, we can now have a relationship, a friendship with God, that God can actually come and live in you and guide you and lead you through this life and that you won't feel alone. You'll never be alone because God is always with you and he's there to protect you and, and, and to encourage you and, you know, and, 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 again, lead you through this life. And, then, and, and, and one day, when you close your eyes for the last time on planet Earth, it's not the end for you, right? It's really the beginning. Because when you open your eyes on the other side, you're going to open your eyes in the most amazing place, and you get to live forever in this wonderful, one, way beyond anything you could ever imagine, right? Now, does that sound good to you? Well, yeah. I mean, is that, is that something you'd want? Who wouldn't want that? Is that something you think you'd use? Like, you've got to be kidding me, of course. Of course I'd use that. Well then, but here's the catch. But what does that cost? What does it cost to get in on that? The cost is staying in the place of believing. It's spending the rest of our lives learning to believe that it really is true. So when you blow it, when you, you know, you mess up, you, you, you know, whatever, whatever you, 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 you know, you turn left when God said you should, you should go right, it's not over for you. You're not out of the, you're not out of the deal. You just turn back to him and, and, and you're, you're back in again. I mean, it, you know, that our struggles, our sins, all this, the, the doubts, everything, they don't disqualify us. <clears throat> God has given us this incredible gift called repentance. That literally at any point of the day that if you blow it, if you, whatever it is, whatever, you know, you can turn to God and say, hey, I'm sorry I did that. I said that or whatever it is. I'm sorry. You know what? He goes, hey, that's fine. 
I paid for that already. Let me just whoop, 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 whoop. I'll wash you off. Off you go. See, I think about this every Wednesday morning when I put the garbage out. You're like, what? What? Every day, every minute of the day with God is garbage day. Whatever garbage you're carrying, you just take it to the curb. Right? God, here's what I did. I got it. And you're clean. You're garbage free. Right? Let me get even more personal. You may have wandered from God maybe just last week. Or maybe it's been the last 30 years of your life that you've just blown them off. Well, I'm here today to tell you that all it takes is to turn to God and call out to Him. And you're back in. You're back in the program. Right? Or maybe the last time you were in church was last Easter. That doesn't disqualify you from this. You know, last week I was, <clears throat> I was doing some online banking on my phone. And <clears throat> I got distracted by something. A piece of lint flew by. And, <laughs> hey, hey. You know, but it was like... And I came back to my phone, and I picked it up, <clears throat> and here's what it said on my phone. It said, you have been logged out due to inactivity. And when I read that, <laughs> God just said, clear as, a, excuse me, clear as a bell. He said, there's going to be people here this weekend that you feel like God has logged you out because of inactivity. Because you haven't been holding up your end of the deal. And so you're logged out. Well, I'm here today to say it's not true. You're not logged out. The deal, the offer still stands. Right? Your winnings are here today. You've got millions, millions just sitting here today. And all you have to do to get them is just believe that it's true. All it takes is to believe that it's true. Why don't we, why don't we stand up? <coughs> Here's what we want to do. You know, I want to give people a chance to sign up today. And it's not a timeshare, so don't worry. But if you'd like to see me afterwards, no. But why don't we all just close our eyes, if it helps to bow your head, and, but just close your eyes. And I, I want to give people an opportunity today to say yes to Jesus, to say yes to his invitation, to his offer to get in on this lottery, this amazing, all these amazing gifts that he's given us. And, you know, it may be for the first time today, or maybe it's been, you know, a long time ago, and you just need to re-up. So, Lord, I pray that you would come right now and just walk among us, that you would come and be personal with people today, that it would be so clear, like literally, there's people right now, he's calling your name. I just pray you'd open our ears, open our senses to all that you're doing right now. And I just want to invite you, if, you know, if, if, if this is really hooking your heart today, I just want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. And it's just a simple prayer. It's just, Jesus, I don't understand all this about you. I have doubts. I have questions. But if this is true, then I want it. I want it. I believe, Jesus. 
You know, if that's you, again, with all our eyes closed, I just invite you, could you just put your hand up? Just hold your hand up high. Just put them up. Anyone else? Whether it's for the first time or it's... Just put your hand up. Again, this isn't for me. This is for Jesus, just to say yes to him. Any other takers? Okay, you can put your hands down. Why don't we uh, just look up, open our eyes. Hey, I just want to say one thing. To those of you that raised your hands, you know, I would love it if, if... That's a big deal to us when someone says yes to Jesus. If you could on that Connect card, your name and some contact information, I'd personally love to follow up with you just to talk to you about, you know, what, what just happened there. Um, or if someone that you came with, whether it's friends or family, and you're comfortable to talk to them, let them know. It's a big deal when you say yes to Jesus. And it's good to have people come alongside and, and just, you know, encourage you and walk with you. But here's how we want to end off the service today. We've got lots of time. Uh, uh, and this may be new to some of you, but we normally end off our service by doing a group dance. No, we... Uh, <laughs> I had a whole bunch of things come up. We want to pick A, B, C, D. No, dance seemed the most appropriate. But, but we end our services off. We take time to pray for each other. And I know if you're visiting today, it may be like, oh boy, here we go. It may seem weird, but I just want to say if you're visiting today, I want to invite you, if you want to get in on this, that you are welcome to either get prayer or, or, or to even come alongside to pray for someone. And here's what I mean by that. So there's two things I really believe we want to take some time to pray for each other for. And what I mean by that is we invite people forward and we pray for them so you're safe in your seat is what I'm saying. Um, the number one is this. Because we believe that God is alive and that he loves us and that he's with us, if you're here today and you have pain in your body, it could be chronic pain. It could be so, you could have sprained your ankle on the way in today. Please don't sue us. But, uh, but if there's pain in your body or there's sickness in your body, in a second here, I'm just going to invite you to come forward, and we want to pray for you. We want to pray that the resurrection power of Jesus will come and fill your body and bring comfort to you and healing to you. So that's number one. Number two is this. Uh, my wife and I were out for a walk last week. And we're walking along, and I turned to her and I said, do you think it's a coincidence that at the time of the year, the season of the year that we celebrate Easter is, is the season when new life is just bursting out everywhere you look, right? The grass is growing, you know, plants are shooting through the ground. I mean, there's just new life all around us. I said that to her, and she turned to me and she said, she said, this weekend God wants to bring his resurrection power to people's lives. And I just want to invite you we want to pray for you if you just want more of the life and power of Jesus in your life. And I know that's a real, that's a, like a real general, general call, but what I mean is in your own life, if there's areas of struggle and you realize, I can't whoop this on my own, I need Jesus to help me. In your marriage, in your family, in your business, if you're like, I don't know what to do, I need the resurrection power of Jesus to, to help me in what I'm going through. So JT's going to lead us in a song and again, whether it's for healing or just to be, you know, a, a, a refilling, a refreshment with the resurrection power of Jesus, I just want to ask you to start coming forward now. And as people come forward, how we do it is we have, you know, guys pray for guys, gals pray for gals. And again, if you're visiting and just want to observe, you can come up and join in our prayer group. But start coming now. JT will lead us in a song, and then, uh, then I'll end the service off. So come on up, and we'll pray for you. And again, as people come forward, uh, let's have gals praying for gals, guys for guys. Um, 
So we're going to need some folks to come forward to pray. But just come on up. Just receive what God has for you today. So we're going to need more prayers. Lots of ladies. Some guys. Just come on up. There you go. There you go. Just make sure everyone is being prayed for. And remember, God wants to come and be personal. He wants to come close to these people. Just invite them. I think we're all...
So Lord, we thank you so much for your presence and just all the ways right now that you're coming close. Lord, again, we, we welcome you here and we, I pray that you'd surprise people today. You'd surprise them with how alive you really are. You'd surprise us today with how much you really do know us and how much you really do love us. Lord, I thank you for each one here today, uh, for each family that's represented. And I pray, I just pray a, a blessing over us. Whatever we've got planned for this afternoon, you know, I, I just pray that you would, uh, as we get into the week next week, just remind us again. Remind us again that you are okay with our struggle to believe. Lord, remind us again that those struggles do not disqualify us. Lord. And if there's something in our life that, uh, that is causing the struggle that you want to remove, you'll let us know. You'll let us know what, what needs to, you know, be out of, get out of the way, Lord. But I just pray you help us, help us to believe this week. Come close this week. We thank you for your presence. We thank you again that you're alive. We just praise you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you're still getting prayer, go for it. We're letting you out a little early. <laughs> Not very early, but early. But uh, bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon. And if you